the capital of global warming in New York State at 107 Columbia, with an eye on Eagle Street, welcome to this week's edition of the Nifty Practice Tip. This week, we're going to be discussing five cases you need to have at your fingertips when you go to trial. While every trial is unique, there are five Court of Appeals cases addressing evidentiary issues that will come into play in almost every trial. Be sure to keep these close at hand with copies for the defense in the court when you intend to use them to support your arguments. Our first case is People v. Reed from 1937. Whenever you are attempting to introduce evidence at trial, the instructions from this case to the trial courts of New York State may be the difference between the court admitting or precluding your proffered evidence. As the court wrote in People v. Reed, while the defendant under our criminal procedure is entitled to the benefit of every reasonable doubt on the facts, the people should be entitled to any reasonable doubt a trial judge may have upon the law. For, if he or she makes a mistake on the law, the people have no opportunity or method of reviewing that ruling, as strange as that may seem to us in this enlightened day. The defendant, for a wrong ruling, may always appeal the case for review to a higher court. The people have no such privilege, except as herein stated. The trial justices in criminal cases, therefore, should bear this in mind when ruling upon points of law. Our next case is People v. Wise from 1978. It deals with the absolute requirement that a foundation must be laid before any prior inconsistent statement may be introduced to impeach a witness. The defense and the people are not permitted to introduce a prior inconsistent statement of a witness for impeachment purposes without first laying the proper foundation by confronting that witness with the previous statement and questioning the witness as to whether he or she made the statement at the previous time. The witness must be given the opportunity to deny or acknowledge and explain the previous statement before it may be introduced as a prior inconsistent statement. Some defense attorneys will intentionally not ask the proper foundation questions in order to avoid the witness having the opportunity to explain it or deny it. When this occurs, if the court properly follows the rules that a foundation is required and precludes the inconsistent statement from being introduced, the defense may well then ask the court to permit them to recall your witness and ask the foundation questions. If allowed, this may add a strategic advantage to the defense in having that inconsistency highlighted and given more significance than its content justifies. The defense may also warn the court that failure to let the evidence in may well be considered ineffective assistance of counsel and result in reversal. This scare tactic should not be permitted to intimidate the judge. This strategic decision not to ask the foundation questions should not result in a reversal. If the content of an inconsistent statement is so significant that it would actually result in a reversal if not introduced, then you should assure it is presented while the defendant is still cross-examining the witness. Defense attorneys will seldom overlook truly significant inconsistencies. Our next case is People v. Sastry from 1980. The defense cannot introduce the defendant's self-serving hearsay statement made to the police at the time of the arrest unless it qualifies under one of the hearsay exceptions, such as excited utterance. 
A defendant's statement to the police is not admissible to trial for the truth of its content simply because it was made by the defendant. There is no such hearsay exception known as a defendant's statement. The defense may also be precluded from mentioning it in their opening or during voir dire by your making a motion in limine before the trial starts. However, do be aware of the recent decision in People v. Miller, a December 2016 decision by the Court of Appeals, where the trial court committed reversible error where the people had not yet determined if they were going to use the defendant's statement and the court precluded voir dire questions by the defense attorney simply on the ability of the jury to follow the law on the issue and voluntariness of a statement. The defense had no intention of going into the substance of that statement. Still, the motion eliminated to preclude the defense from going into the content of any statement made by the defendant at the time of arrest is subject to preclusion both during the voir dire and in the opening. Our fourth case is People v. Hayes from the year 2011. Quoting the case, while a defendant has a constitutional right to present a defense, the right to present a defense does not give criminal defendants carte blanche to circumvent the rules of evidence. Challenging the adequacy of a police investigation may constitute a permissible non-hearsay purpose where appropriate, but there is no rule requiring the automatic admission of any hearsay statement. There is no unfettered right to introduce hearsay testimony bearing no assurances of reliability. Here, the trial court did not abuse its discretion in concluding that the use of an anonymous hearsay statement in cross-examination would have created an unacceptable risk that the jury would consider the statements for their truth. The Hayes case cites People v. Cepeda from the First Department in 1994, a case which is cited by all the departments in addressing this basic important issue that the right to present a defense is not equivalent to the right to circumvent the rules of evidence. Our fifth case is People v. Primo from 2001. Now this case is not only important for its establishing a burden of proof on the defense before it can suggest third-party culpability, it also contains a reprise of the core criteria the trial court should use in determining the appropriateness of the introduction or denial of introduction of evidence. These are, is it relevant? And if it is, is its probative value outweighed by the prospective trial delay or undue prejudice to the opposing party or confusing the issues or misleading the jury? These are the keys that you will use to preclude defense evidence that may well be misleading or has the potential to confuse the jury. Your evidence, on the other hand, is usually being introduced to prevent confusion and to clarify the issues. The use of the language in Primo will go a long way to help you establish the admissibility of your evidence. The Primo Court also cites two other core evidentiary cases, People v. Scarola and People v. Albino, both decided in 1988. They are excellent cases also to keep at hand. As quoted from both of those decisions, even where technically relevant evidence is admissible, it may still be excluded by the trial court in the exercise of its discretion if its probative value is substantially outweighed by the danger that it will unfairly prejudice the other side or mislead the jury. 
this is a key quote to use when objecting to the admission of proper defense evidence. Please be sure to read the NIPTI practice tip, which contains the case citations for all the cases we've discussed today. And also take a look in the evidence section to find comprehensive memos addressing each of these and other important trial evidentiary issues. As always, we thank our crack producer, Jonathan Marconi Crespino. To all of you, be well and stay ready. Stay ready.